0: Today we are talking about a topic that is so hot right now, inflation. What is it? What is it doing? And How can you protect yourself and your finances? Vince Gaetano, a veteran mortgage broker from Ontario joins us to discuss this topic. Before we go any further, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button to show your support for the show. Thanks so much. You're listening to the
1: Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, where we chat with real estate experts from across the province to learn what's happening in the real estate market. Here's your host, Ron Caroni.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. My name is Ron Caroni, and today we're joined by the wise old owl himself, Vince Gaetano uh, out of, it's Toronto, right Vince out of Ontario? Right Man, in, in the heart of, the- of Toronto. <laughs> How do we find you today?
1: Uh, Things are great. It's been a busy start to the month as always, and uh, I'm really excited to be on the show. Thanks for the invite, Ron.
0: You're you're more than welcome, and I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, We were chatting a little bit yesterday, and we found out that you've been in the loan business about as long as I've been alive, so uh, you're (laughs) the perfect person to to come and chat with us uh, about today's topic, and uh, I hope we can kind of relate it back to mortgages, but I'd really like to get into inflation. And it's a big topic right now. A lot of people, I guess, kind of have a a little fear of what is inflation and what does that mean and how is it going to affect my life? So I really wanted to get you on today, Vince, to to kind of share your knowledge on what it means. What is inflation?
1: Well, when prices rise on, on average in an economy, it's called inflation. You know, inflation occurs when it occurs, the domestic currency loses value. Um, you know, the fact that a candy bar costs 10 cents in the 70s and now costs a dollar is a way of saying that a dollar used to buy 10 bars, but now only buys one. The right. dollar's right. lost value and the domestic currency is becoming less valuable. That's so pe- the easiest way to describe inflation.
0: People are really feeling this right now, I think, mostly for the things they're they have to buy. Your gas. Your groceries. I think everyone kind of sees that this is happening. Is there any idea what causes inflation?
1: Well, you know, it's a complex question. Um, you know, there has been a lot of money printed by the government in uh, during the pandemic, and a lot of people have saved a lot of money and now have a lot to. Uh, to, to, to consume. So they're driving prices up. The supply chain has been disrupted. It's bottleneck. So there's not as many products out there for people to uh, buy. So they're fighting for it and prices are going up. Let's look at the PPEs when, um, when the pandemic just started, there weren't enough of them and some businesses were charged uh, or, or, or were claimed to be charging exorbitant amounts to the point where the media considered them being price gougers. Uh, I remember toilet paper and uh, you know uh, just different PPEs were being sold for you know 40, 50 bucks uh, for a roll. <laughs> like it, was, it, was, it was just a crazy thing. So that creates inflation. when there's an imbalance of demand and supply, you're gonna get it. But I, I do believe that this could be temporary. Um, I think, uh, at the end of the day, there are a lot of people holding on to cash. Um, there's estimates of $200 billion dollars sitting in bank accounts ready to be spent. But what I do believe has happened during the pandemic is people become more prudent. People have uh, determined what is a need and what is a want. and they've lived without certain things. So I uh, believe that you know inflation is going to be impacted in the staples. Um, groceries, fuel, um, we're, we're seeing interest rates go up a little bit. So the cost for shelter is going to be going up. So what everybody needs to do is really determine what is their household inflation rate and not really listen to the noise that's out in the marketplace. Everybody's basket of goods that they purchase for their household is different. And you really need to drill down, start budgeting. You know, it's financial literacy month. Um, in November, people have to start understanding what they're spending money on, where they could curb uh, spending and save a few dollars and understand exactly how inflation's impacting their household and uh, them individually.
0: You touched on a few things there. Let's switch it to real estate bins. How is inflation potentially going to hit the Canadian market? And I know we have a very diverse real estate market, so it might be hard to nationally paint a brush with that. But are, do you have a few thoughts on that, Vince?
1: Yeah, you know, inflation is is going to impact people differently. Uh, if you're a homeowner, it's going to have a positive out, out, <laughs> outlook. If, if you're trying to get in the market, it's going to be painful. So uh, the reality is, is uh, inflation is going to impact interest rates. We're going to see rates probably moving upwards. Immigration is going to have a toll on the valuation of homes, demographics, and the availability of homes. Um, let's leave out the, the speculative demand of, of people looking to buy uh, rental properties in that, because that's another issue that's thrown into the mix. But the reality is, is there's not enough available homes. We have immigration coming in to Canada of about 400,000 every year for the next few years. That Plus the non, uh, group of people that didn't show up in 2020, that still has to be filled. That quota that wasn't filled during the pandemic is still going to be coming in. So these permanent residents need places to live. We're seeing elderly people not downsizing. The uh, impact of COVID has created a fear of going into retirement residences, uh, long-term care facilities, and retirement homes. So they're hanging on to their homes longer. That group of people are not turning over that, that uh, um, those properties to, to, to create supply. And we're seeing a real um, low level of supply in the marketplace. The listings are at an all time low. There's not enough properties for sale. And you know, I joke about it, but if you have an empty basement and you could convert it to a basement suite, This is the opportunity to do so because the reality is it could technically supplement any interest rate hikes by renting out your basement to an immigration population that's coming in and needs, needs to live somewhere. So there's a lot of factors coming into play. I feel bad for the new entrant who wants to buy a home because it's starting to feel like it's out of range. Prices are going up and they're not making enough money fast enough to make up for the gains on the real estate side.
0: Right. And even if those people aren't necessarily buying homes, they still need a place to live. So that's going to drive rental property demand. So even if you have all these people, you're you're still chasing kind of the end supply.
1: You're absolutely right, Ron. And, And one thing people forget about is foreign students. Canada has upwards of 600,000 foreign students that come to come to Canada to learn and they end up staying and that's in addition to the immigration numbers that come in. So we have a real supply problem and we're not building homes fast enough. There's three levels of government that are involved in the whole uh, home building process. There's the federal government that controls manpower, that's immigration. So they they control the influx of people coming in. And at 400,000, we are at about just over 1% of our population coming in every year. You have the province that controls the land supply and the designation of zoning for high density, low density, whatever the case is. And then you have the municipal government that controls the permits. The reality is in Canada, these three levels are never aligned. Hmm. So (laughs) that means delay upon delay. The joke in, in GTA, the Toronto area, is that a condo takes 10 years from the time of land acquisition to occupancy.
0: So I would guess that kind of where you sit on this, Vince, is that your answer to this is find a way to get those three levels of government working together and creating more supply that matches this influx of people.
1: Well, that would be the utopian uh, solution. If you the were the
0: reality, president, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The reality is, is these governments just point the finger and blame each other. Um, you know, there's a NIMBY uh, philosophy at City Hall and GTA, of not in my backyard, and we need higher density. Um, you know, they're, they're not making any more land, so you're going to have to tick off a few people by building high density in, in, in neighborhoods that are trying to protect that from happening and you know it's a struggle it, it, and if people think that these uh, you know, all the parties promised significant increases in affordable housing well good luck it's not happening you know those are are just uh, to get votes to get in nothing really happens and i'm just not optimistic that we're going to be seeing hundreds of thousands of new units put on the market to help uh, uh, appease the the immigration
0: flood so when you kind of look in your crystal ball you you see a continued lack of supply which then drives the price of of homes up
1: absolutely i i think what we're going to have to see is rezoning laws um take shape i think um you're going to have to upset a few people and uh the reality is is if you really want to tackle this problem you got to be serious about it and you're going to upset those that are just trying to fight this whole high-density issue. Um, you know, and people want to be in big cities. Um, you know, fuel prices are going through the roof. And if you are driving until you qualify, as, as the saying in GTA, you're going to have to commute an hour, an hour and a half each way to get to work. And that's just not feasible. It doesn't have a long-term positive uh, outlook in my eyes.
0: Definitely. Vince, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about inflation and interest rates. And I I, I just want you to quickly dumb it down for us. Why will interest rates rise with inflation?
1: Well, you you know, I did a post today about, uh, you know, how banks are doing a terrible job helping people save money because they're paying nothing on bank accounts it's just their products and uh, you know if, if, if inflation is sitting at 4% as it was in September I think it was 4.4 and you're making zero in your bank account the value of your money is decreasing while it's sitting there so they have to increase interest rates to keep people engaged and and understand that they're they got to give them confidence So rates will have to go up. The reality is, will it be temporary or will it be long-term? We do have a supply chain issue. Um, There's a lot of products that are missing on the shelves as people go into hardware stores and and whatnot. And we're gonna have to start seeing that inflation rate push interest rates to a level that's more um, appealing for people to keep their money in the bank. I think fixed rates will be moving up. They have, they've already started moving up. The variable rate's a different story. I think the variable rate, um, they have to be cautious with it because the variable rates do Im- impact manufacturing. A lot of um, Canada's manufacturing use variable products to uh, fund uh, uh, inventory, payroll, um, you know, their businesses with their lines of credits. So they gotta be a little bit more cautious The variable product in general on the mortgage side only represents a small portion of the total mortgage portfolio. So it's not as impactful, although we're seeing a shift through education where people are taking more advantage of the variable rate product more so now than ever. So, um, but keep in mind, I think people shouldn't panic because as mortgage professionals uh, across the country have vilified the stress test, that could be the saving grace for homeowners that uh, were involved with the stress test to help them, you know, protect themselves from rising interest rates. So I still think we're not going to see rates in and around the 479, five and a quarter stress test rates that have been applied on people that have been in homes the last few years. So I think we're we're in good territory. I think we're in a safe environment if people are prudent with their money and are budgeting
0: properly. So one of the most common questions that I've been getting over the last couple of days, because I think it's starting to become a little more mainstream. This is starting to, to enter the public consciousness of how do they prepare their mortgage in this environment? Now, from, from my standpoint, there's the two schools of thought of fixed or variable. Now, the people who are very afraid of rising rates want to lock in uh, a fixed rate product. And the variable right now is quite low. But there's the chance that that quarter or whenever the bank of Canada meets that that might slowly increase. What are you telling folks, Vince? What's your advice to the customer that comes and says, should I go fixed or variable right now? Well, I've
1: been doing TV for 19 years, so I'm on record of being a variable rate advocate. Um, I do not like the fixed rate mortgage. I think uh, the penalties associated with fixed rate mortgages are quite punitive. And I think people need to be aware of that. Um, The variable rate has always proven to be a saver uh, for people, uh, 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 like an interest, like a cost savings for people. I'm uh, an advocate of Moish Mielewski, a professor at Schulich Business School. He's written many papers on this topic and 91 or 92% of the cases show that the variable rate is more favorable to a homeowner than a fixed rate. And I use that evidence to help my clients understand how more beneficial you are in a variable but having said that you should have a plan you should have a strategy that allows you to protect yourself we talked about the stress test earlier the stress test has created a buffer for people to withstand rate increases so you know if you're being qualified at five and a quarter percent and you're only paying one and a half why would you want to lock in at two and a half to 65 right now makes no sense you could withstand four interest rate bumps. So we are really keen on making sure that our clients understand the risk, understand that they've been qualified under a stress test. And I don't see the variable rate going up 16 times by a quarter point each time over the next few years. It's just not going to happen. So we also need to be realists. We have to understand that as rates go up, the cost to service, the federal debt goes up which means these these political parties are going to need to increase taxes to afford paying more on the debt because we now have a trillion dollars of it. Wonderful.
0: Anything else to add on inflation, mortgages, how this relates to the the real estate market uh, as a whole, Vince?
1: Well, I think at the end of the day, everybody's got to understand what their inflation rate is in their household. And I really... uh, talk about that a lot because a lot of people just assume everything said in the media is correct, okay? The government's done a really good job manipulating the inflation rate to appease their numbers. The basket of goods and the weighting of each product within it changes from month to month, quarter to quarter. And you have to be aware of that. Your inflation rate is different than your neighbors. It's different than your siblings different from your parents. Everybody needs to understand what they're spending money on and Financial Literacy Month should help people understand that budgeting is a key component of making sure you're financially sound. So understand what you're spending money on. Look at your bank accounts, look at your credit card statements and look at what those subscriptions, what those monthly costs are and see if you're really using them. Cancel them, start saving money. And and that's what we try to do with all our clients. We try to educate them and, and push financial literacy, not on a month, not one month a year, but throughout the year.
0: That's so good. I just want to quickly uh, dive into something you just said there, Vince, that everyone's inflation rate will be different. Can you quickly explain that? Does that tie in that my fuel bill will be different than someone else's or, or what would make my inflation rate different from someone else's?
1: Okay. So let's use uh, so, uh, someone in the city and someone in the rural area, right? Someone in the city may not have a car, so they don't have insurance costs uh, gas to purchase and, uh, car maintenance. If you're, in, if you're in rural Canada, you might have those costs. Whereas you may just have a transportation pass, like a bus pass or a subway pass. If you're a vegetarian, you're not buying meat. So you're not going to be paying high, the high costs of meat, which are projected to go up eight to 10% great, uh, great. year over year. Uh, so, you know, if you're buying uh, fast food, you're going to be charged more because the delivery fees and whatnot. If you're cooking at home, you're going to have less of an inflation rate because you're cooking your meals. Everyone has a different buying habit. Some people smoke, some people drink, some others don't. right? So the cost of the sin taxes that are are usually applied to uh, the sin products don't apply to you. So everybody's basket of goods is different. And you should really hone in on what the cost of your goods are over someone else's.
0: That's wonderful stuff. Yeah. Having a different idea of what you're consuming and what increases might do to you, I think is a really, really good idea. Uh, Vince, you've been a wealth of knowledge. How can people uh, stay up to date with you on social media? I, I know I found you on Instagram. Uh, can you tell us about your, uh, your Instagram channel?
1: Yeah, I've uh, pivoted from TV to social media over the last year. This Thursday, I'll be doing my 50th episode. I do a weekly uh, Instagram show on my IG account. It's Vince G Mortgage. We also have an Owl Mortgage account. And uh, we're basically talking about everything associated with the home, everything associated with budgeting, helping people save money. And uh, the idea is to educate as much as we can. That's our foundation of the brokerage is to help people understand that you could save money and you could start looking at buying a house by setting a plan on the investment side. And that could carry you through the whole ownership process. And, uh, you know, our whole game plan is to help people create wealth with real estate.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us today, Vance. I really appreciate your, your expertise Thank on you. this knowledge. I was very curious about what some of your answers would be. So uh, thanks again for, for joining us and uh, we'll have you on again soon sometime. Love to, thank you very much, Ron. Thanks again to Vince Gaetano for joining us on the podcast today. If you got some value from this interview, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button to see future videos. My name is Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. This has been the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you
1: like this episode, find more information and episodes on our Facebook and YouTube pages. If you'd like to be a guest or have a conversation you'd like to learn more about, let us know by messaging the show on Facebook. Thanks for listening.